started. And the way that this came to me, it's one night up in Graham, we live in Graham, and during the night, I'm not sure what time I'd gone to bed, it was probably late, but then during the night, getting up to go to the restroom at various times, and maybe in between times, one time when I laid back in the bed, whatever the case, but I was thinking about Pastor Devonshire and St. Louis. Pray, please, before we read some scriptures. one already on, brother. I'm not going to use right now, maybe, but it's on. Now, in all of this, in all of this, of course, the ultimate place to give glory and the one that all the good things come from. Whom thou persecutest, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Verse 6, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And that's to a great extent where it all started for Saul, later called Paul. Let's go on. Job, chapter 8, verse 7. And in these things, thinking of the organization and the small beginnings, but God's been good to us. Job 8 and 7. Though, the, though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. And he's here in this service right now. The Holy Ghost here right now. Zechariah 4 verse 10. For who hath despised the day of small things? Isaiah 46 and 9. I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. And there is none like our God, like our Savior, like our healer. If you're here and you need to be healed, God's here to heal. There is a doctor in the house, the greatest doctor. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure God's going to do what he desires to do if the king doesn't like it God's going to have his way that doesn't mean everyone's going to serve him but God will have the last say And I'm not going to repeat this every time. It's not to impress. Like right here I got. Like let me just back here. This Spirit of God. OOA. That's on or about 1.18 a.m. 2.13.23. 3.02 a.m. 2.13.23. 4.18 a.m. 2.13.23. That's back before we came. That's before a trip. So we were preparing before we came. Then, But here. Right near here. And here the, every day when I was going over this, whatever. Spirit of God, 1.20 a.m., 2.18.23. 2.18.23. 2.18.23. 2.18.23. 2.18.23. 2.18.23. 2.18.23. 2.18.23. 2.18.23. 2.18.23. 2.18.23
So anyway, let's go on. Deuteronomy 32, verse 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee. Thy elders, and they will tell thee. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. And one final scripture, right for now. Psalm 143, verse 5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse, and that word muse speaks of meditating, such like I would say, I muse on the work of thy hands. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us. Where it all started. Well, you may say, well, preacher, I, I know that. I know, I know it started here in St. Louis somewhere. It probably started here at this church. No. Well, it probably started at Forest Avenue. We hear about, and some of you uh, know about Forest Avenue. But some do not, some were maybe not even alive. But it did not even start at Forest Avenue. I, I'm sharing some things that, and again, please understand, this is not boasting, it's just the way it is, so. And if I don't tell you some of these things, you will not hear and never know. I'm probably the only one in the face of the earth right now that knows some of these things can tell you. Pastor's already gone. Sister Olson's already gone. And Sister Davis is probably getting close. But we don't know. She may outlive a number of us. We don't know. Now, Sister Duell is here in service. I expect there's Sister Duell here. And then she, uh, she can relate to this, even what I'm getting ready to share, I think. But may, maybe not, but she definitely goes back a ways. Now, I'm not taking her trouble, I'm not saying that. Her and I, we're young. I'm 78 years young. With God's help. <laughs> it's with God's help. Unless God helps me, I'm dead in the water. Where it all started? Crondelet. Now, I think here across is Crondlet Park, right? But I'm not speaking about Crondlet Park, but I'm talking about very close to that. Now, this is uh, Holly Hills, so I'm out this way, right? So if you go out Holly Hills, and you not up to Grand, but go the, the other way, up towards Virginia and so on, if you take Holly Hills, you go up, up to Virginia. Turn right. Down to, you go down Virginia to Kellen. And the corner of Kellen and Virginia, there's a church there. That's where it started. Now, uh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but as far as the Bible school, it even started before that, but it's further on. It really even started in a prayer meeting. Pastor Davis, God instructed him in the Philippines on the mission field. But anyway. But Crondelet, that church, you go up to Virginia, down to Kellen, Kellen in Virginia, on the corner of that church, that was known as Crondelet. And 
there's been various pastors, but only ones I'm focusing on are Reverend C.L. Barnes, not the Barnes that some of you knew that was in Jackson, Mississippi, and was Tilcom. No, not that Barnes. He's already passed. He passed, and his wife passed, and his daughter passed. I think all COVID-related. But I'm not speaking about him. This is another Barnes. Reverend C.L. Barnes was a missionary. But so there at that church, now we're at, now we're at, we're at that church there on the corner of Kellen and Virginia. Reverend C.L. Barnes pastored there. Then he went to the Philippines as a missionary. Then Pastor Davis took the church, assumed a pastorate. Then Pastor Davis went to the Philippines as a missionary, Pastor Sister Davis. And then I think the, the but then they came back later, but in between there was another man. But so the Pastor C.L. Barnes, Crondelet, Pastor Davis, Crondelet, but now, so, so now they're both in the Philippines. You got to follow me on this now. I'm not going to go too slow nor too fast. So they're in the Philippine Islands, the mission field, Reverend Barnes and Reverend Davis. Now, Let's leave that. We're coming back to that. We're going to pick up that time frame just in a bit. But now let me insert something here. Now you know where they are. They're, in, they're in a, on a mission field. Now, there's a certain young man, the one you're talking to, myself, okay? Was born in Ortonville, Minnesota, August 444. Preacher, are you that old? World War II, baby. I don't, I'm not going to tell you, I remember what went on in the war, no. <laughs> Liars don't go to heaven. But I was actually alive during part of the World War II. So it's born Ortonville, Minnesota, August 4, 44. That's right on the border of South Dakota, Ortonville, but Minnesota, but right on the border of South Dakota. At the time, my parents lived in a farm in Millbank, South Dakota. And as I understand, they moved to, to Starbuck, Minnesota, a farm in, in 47. As I understand, 47, a farm off Highway 29 between Starbuck and Benson, Minnesota. And I, I went to, when it was school age, I went to what they call a one-room schoolhouse, just about a mile or so, more or less, from the farm. And uh, we walked sometimes and all these things. But then, and it's not really one room, and there's other rooms, but it's what they call a one-room schoolhouse. And basically, the classes are all in one room. One class goes up, you know, so, but anyway. So then, I don't remember if it was grade seven, eight, or nine, one of the three, where I went to uh, Starbuck to, to school, town, school in town, Starbuck. And I graduated from Starbuck High School in 1962. So then I was farming with my dad, and we even, we even bought more cows. It was a dairy farm, so we milked cows, hauled hay bales, drove tractors, all these things. So I farmed with him, and we was going to farm with him. We even bought more cows. Even got a loan from the bank in Starbuck, Starbuck and all these things. You know, and, you know, the dad, the eldest son, I'm the oldest son, and uh, going to farm with him. But then my brother, Jim, he went into the Air Force in 63. And in 64... I went in the Air Force. Now, I was going to be a farm with my dad, 
and, and, and my mother would tell my wife later, I got to be real careful, I keep moving. If I, but every day my dad, he cried for, for every day for months or a month or whatever, you know, because we was going to farm with them. But it changed. But it was, it was all God, see. It was all God. And God just worked out. We just started to go into the Air Force. So May 1st, 1964, we went, we went into the Air Force, basic training, Lackland near San Antonio, tech school, Shepherd Air Force Base near Wichita Falls. And then sometime in the late summer, summer, fall, whatever, of 64, went to the Philippine Islands. I probably didn't even know there was such a place as the Philippines at that time. And so shortly after being in, at Clark Air Base in the Philippines, whether it was days, weeks, but it couldn't have been too long because it took place in November, we were invited to a serviceman's retreat in Japan, Hikone, Japan, a resort area near Tokyo. Now this was not, this organization, it wasn't even started other than the heart of God. It was Church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee. But in, in that, and seemingly they have their, they have their things kind of the same as our conferences. Because here, to attend the Church of God retreat at a special, it's my T.D. Wilders from 1964. Preacher, I couldn't find my D.D. 214 if, <laughs> if my life depended upon it. Here you pull out orders back from 64. Well, it's very special. To attend the Church of God retreat at a special services hotel, Hakone, Japan, 23-26 November 1964, permissive TDY. And, and the dates, I think Brother Zhang looked up for me sometime in the past. The 23rd is on Monday, the 26th Thursday, so kind of like our conferences. So, so, that first day night of the conference, now, I was a farm boy from Minnesota, Lutheran background, and all these things, but I did not know the Lord. And, and during that day, that night, whatever, when the GIs were talking about God, the Bible, Revelation, whatever. And I do not know, Pastor Corbett, and this may seem strange, you know, some people, and I'm not being critical of the preachers. They say they knew, they knew God wanted them to be saved, but I didn't. As far as I know, before God, I didn't know. I had never in my life that I know been convicted. I, maybe God was just saving all that for the right time for me to be convicted and, and get saved. But anyway, but that night, that day, I was sick. I don't mean physically sick. I, God was convicting me. I was getting sick inside. And on or about 2.40 in the morning... On about November 24th, I would say it was November 24th, but on my knees in a hotel room in Coney, Japan, 1964, I got saved. I think another jail was there by the bedside with me, probably praying with me. And I do not know really why, but maybe the person next to me or whatever, but I went ahead right then, that night, and just dedicated the rest of my life to God. Now, I know when you get saved, that's a dedication already. I understand that. But I, I did. I went ahead. I just, and I'm, this is all new. And so I don't know the grace of God, but I just dedicated the rest of my life to God right then. So then the rest of the day, so that retreat was a, honey, a spiritual honeymoon. We returned to the Philippines. 
And while in the Philippines, and, and there's so many things in all this, there's so many stories, there's so many things that I, I will not, they're, they're all separate stories in themselves, so many things. But, but I, there's not time. But so then back in the Philippines, so this would be in November, or whenever we got back, late November, early December, we were only there to cut the retreat for a short time. Back in the Philippines is when I met Pastor and Sister Gaylord, Pastor and Sister Barnes, Pastor and Sister Davis. The way I met Reverend Barnes, I, I should say Reverend Gaylord, after I got saved, I got back to, the Phil to Clark, so we were on fire for God and doing things, and we had a city crusade. Not that I was a preacher or anything, but we had a city crusade, and it was Filipino preaching stuff. But I still had duty on the airbase, so evidently it was too much, and I got sick, and I got double pneumonia. And that's where Reverend Sister Gaylord first met me, and I met them. They came to see me at an annex building at Clark Air Force Base Hospital, where they come through from Vietnam. That was during Vietnam days. But, uh, and they came, and evidently they'd heard my testimony, and that's when I first met them. But in the Philippines is where we met these three couples. So I traveled with Pastor Davis. I traveled with Pastor Davis. I received exhorter lights, and I, the organization he was with at this time was Pentecostal Church of God of America Incorporated out of Joplin, Missouri. That's who he was a missionary with, and Reverend Barnes. And I think, and, and Reverend Gale, I'm not sure if he was with them, but he eventually was with them for a while, I would say. During this, so I traveled with him, received a exhorter license, which is like a beginning license, a beginner's license. I was baptized in the South China Sea. Pastor Barnes, Pastor Gaylord, in the water, in the ocean, Pastor Davis on the shore watching. So a very special time. And, and Pastor Davis was over at Bible school up at San Fernando the Union at the time, so that's how he was up there. Possibly closer to departure. You know, I was going back to the States, finishing my tour of duty in the Philippines. Clark Air Base, which had been about a year and a half, I think, and I think I extended about six months, but about two years. But prior to departure, I'm going back. I've been saved now. God's moved my life. And I think I was up at the Bible school with Pastor Davis in their parsonage building where they lived and it was up there at that time. And I asked him about a Bible school in America. And at that time, he was with that organization that I told you about. And they had a Bible school in SBC, Southern Bible College, I think in the Houston area, and one in Livermore, California area. I don't know if either one of them is still even in existence today. I don't know. But he, he told me that, but then he said, now see, I was there now, and he, this is before it started here in the States. I was there. I asked him. And he said to me, with God listening to what I'm telling you, Pastor Davis told me, but there will be one in the Midwest. This is before it ever took place. There will be one in the Midwest. G evidently, God had spoke to him he was, when he was in Baguio, a place where they stayed at times, Baguio in the Philippines, and in prayer and whatever. Evidently, God spoke to him, 
and God instructed him about, a, I don't know the exact words, but about a Bible school here in the Midwest and that God was going to use him, Pastor Davis, to start that Bible school. And we know God doesn't tell lies. We know it came to pass. God was going to use him. Let's go on. So, I returned to the States. I returned to the States on leave. Then went to Hill Air, Hill Air Force Base near Ogden, Utah, and so on. Got out of the Air Force April 30, 68. So now, we're out of the Air Force. We visited, I probably visited home, whatever, some travels. But my next major destination was St. Louis, Missouri. Reverend C.L. Barnes. Because some of these time, time frames, I'm not quite sure. We won't get overextended on it. But he had returned from the mission field to the States. So he was pastoring Crondelet. Now you all remember where Crondelet is? Corner of Kellen and Virginia. Now he had returned to pastor Crondelet the second time. So I was going to look up Reverend Barnes. Well, I did find he was... He was Evidently back in the city for a midweek service or such like, but they had a camp meeting conference, probably a camp meeting, a youth camp or something going on in Steelville, Missouri. So we, I don't remember, I was with them in the service here in the city, but anyway, we went back during that week to that camp meeting. Now, hold on. Jesus help us. Okay. Well, first, let me share scripture. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And this word ordered from a Hebrew word meaning prepared, established. Aren't you glad God prepares our steps, establishes our steps? Okay. So now we're back. I'm, he's back. I'm with him now when he comes back. This camp meeting, Steelville, Missouri. That's the first time I set eyes on Gizu, my future wife. Her broken glasses, her green and white checkered dress, and she was dancing away. I mean, I remember she was dancing away in the Lord. She was, she was getting with it. <laughs> that she was. That's what I remember. Her, she had broke her glasses somehow. She had on a, a, a green and white checkered dress. <laughs> She was dancing in the Lord. Now, I didn't know at that time that she was going to be my wife. Later, at some time, she told me, or evidently she told some of the other girls there, young ladies, that he's going to be my husband. <laughs> I think that's the story. But anyway, so anyway, all right. Now, this, now we're still at this camp meeting, okay? So I've met my future wife. Guess who? comes to that camp meeting. You could probably guess who appears at that camp meeting. Pastor Davis had returned from the Philippines. And some of these things he told in classes, some of you have heard bits and pieces of these things. Now he, at some time after Reverend Gaylord left to come to the States and 
And, and, and for a period of time, pastor was over the servicemen's home there near Clark Air Base. He was over two Bible schools, one in, in Luzon, up San Fernando, one in Mindanao, general area where Brother McDonald is. Not the same place. This was another organization, but he was over quite a, quite a workload. And he would tell in classes sometimes about two Bible schools, six to eight, or whatever things he would tell. Some you can maybe remember. Well, uh, as I understand, so I'm already back in the States, but he had a heart attack. And I think, I think he was probably told he would never preach again there by a doctor in the Philippines. But now he's at this camp meeting and evidently after he got back, and he, this he told us sometimes in Bible school, not a lot, some of these things, very limited but at times, but evidently at some country church or small church somewhere in Arkansas, and he was sitting in the back, back pew towards the back, and Jesus laid his hands on his head. Jesus touched him and said, be, be whole. Do you, some of you remember him telling that. He didn't tell a lot, but and God healed him. And we know he went on to do a lot of preaching. So that doctor had to, and not being critical of the doctor, thank God for doctors, but there was a greater doctor. So now we met, so then after this camp meeting, so then we, we traveled. I traveled, I traveled with uh, Pastor Sister David, of course now it's in Sister Keiko. She's just a little girl, but she's with them. And they had a house in Arkansas, I think in Pocahontas. I think in Pocahontas, but wherever, somewhere in Arkansas. And I traveled with them, I stayed in their house with them. And, and then we traveled, I traveled with them to uh, meetings. We traveled to Kansas City. We pre he preached for Brother Foster in Kansas City. Uh, he was like an independent preacher, I think, but Brother Foster, that was during the times of the gas wars and gas, Brother Polk was probably 17, 18, 19 cents, whatever, a gallon, such like in Kansas City area. All these things. Good times! Good times in God! But so we traveled with him and he was evangelizing and all that. But now let's go on. So now, they're both back in the States. Pastor Barnes is pastoring Crondelet for the second time. Pastor Davis is back. We're traveling with him some. Now, Reverend Barnes is going to go back to the Philippines for the second time. Unless I miss it, this time when he goes back, he would go to heaven from the mission field. About 34, 35, 36 years old. But God took him home, left behind a, a sister Barnes and children, four, about five children, more, whatever it was, five, whatever it was, what, what, whatever it was. Right here, this is from Reverend Barnes. This. And the gospel must first be published among all, all nations, Mark 13, 10. You missionaries to the Philippines, training native workers to evangelize their own people, Reverend Mrs. C.L. Barnes and the family. There's... One, two, three, four, five children. Why would God do it? God, God's ways are better than our ways. God knows. And she served there for a long time and eventually come back to the States and taught her Bible school. She passed just recent, recent years, not long ago.
But so, Lucasan Bible School, Mindanao Bible School, on and on. 7,000 islands, population 33 million, one gospel worker to every 5,576 people at that time. So anyway, so Pastor Barnes was going back to the Philippines for the second time, and he would never return to the States. And he's buried, he was buried over there, I would say, as I remember. A, a bus, a bus, a minibus, or some sort of bus went, had to pull over maybe a, a, a official vehicle from the city or something, and they didn't give way, and the, the bus he was riding had to move over, and they went over the cliff, over a mountain, whatever, and, and he, he died sometime later. Evidently, as I understand, uh, he was over by a tree somewhere after the accident, praying and talking in tongues, and this Catholic priest said, somebody, truly this was a man of God. That's when he was dying, talking in tongues. I got two books that Pastor Barnes gave me. The, the, the Man God Uses and Passion for Souls. I think, what, J. Oswald Smith. And he wrote something in each of them to me and all that. But anyway, so these are all very special things and near to my heart. Anyway, they're having a good time there, Pastor Barnes, Pastor Davis. On and on. So he's turning to go back, but now back he's now let's go back. So he's not over there yet the second time. So Pastor Davis takes Crondelet for the second time. Now he didn't necessarily want to take Crondelet because he had pastored before. He knew the problems. <laughs> it's such a blessing to be in this church with Pastor Devonshire. I mean, you don't. It's not every day, a church with no problems. <laughs> All you pastors from other places got your problems. Just soak it up here. No problems. <laughs> I'm being facetious. But God loves you. We love you. Your pastor loves you. How many love Pastor and Sister Devonshire? <laughs> Thank God for them. All right. We got to keep moving on. We've got a lot to tell you. So, but God dealt with them. And he took Crondelet for the second time. And so, now this, you know where the church is now. And then, so you go down to Virginia to Kellen, and the church is right in the corner, but you make a right. You come right from off of Virginia to Kellen. And so now the church is to your right, and right next to it is a parsonage. Now, remember, things look different back then. They look now and all that. And it's a different group and all that. But he lived in that parsonage some. I would say I stayed in that parsonage some with them, passing Sister Davis and Sister Keko, Tanya. But also then you continue up Kellen to Vermont. And you, and you go up Vermont, right up Vermont, and there's that Lutheran school and across the building. That's where Tanya went to school, across from the church, across the building there, went to school. And passed, and then, but you go up, and I think it's 70, we drove by last night, I think it's 7,400 Vermont, but a, a brick building, a lot of brick buildings in St. Louis, thank God for St. Louis, but that building right next to the Lutheran Church, Pastor Davis, they lived there for a while. And as I was traveling, I was traveling, I would come in and stay with them. I would stay with them at their place there. And anyway, so then, so, let's move at some, this how about this lady you met in the camp meeting? All right. 
So we were married. May I skipped the details, but we, we, we were married May 3rd, 1969, in that church there in the corner, May 3rd, 1969. Both Pastor Davis and Pastor Barnes took part in the wedding. They both took part. Pastor Barnes, I would say, was itinerating, but he was still here. They both took part in the wedding. And then I, and during this time, before I went to work for Pastor Davis, we was traveling some mostly churches in Pentecost Church of God for a while. But then after we got married, I had a revival at a church in Batesville, Arkansas. It was lady pastor thing, Batesville, Arkansas. That wasn't in that group. That was an independent church, what have you. So then, but that, we got married. We, took, we Believe it or not, we had a honeymoon. We was around the Joplin area. And it lighten up for a bit. We got married. We was on our honeymoon in the Joplin area. And I kept locking my keys in my car. <laughs> now, now do, you, do you get the, the, the wave of that? The jive, the, <laughs> my mind, <laughs> I kept locking the keys in my car. So in other words, I was kind of, I must have been preoccupied thinking about my new bride, that's what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> in case you're a little slow picking up on that. But then, got back to St. Louis. So we had the opportunity to go to work with Pastor Davis. So it was very shortly after getting married, very shortly, I would say. And not the assistant pastor. Now listen closely, preachers, workers. Not the assistant pastor. Not the associate pastor. Assistant to the pastor. So what did that consist of? Raking leaves? Mowing the grass, going with pastor to the hospital, hospital calls. But a lot of those times when some of them hospital calls and things like going to visit someone in the church, going with him. But sometimes on the way back to the parsonage or whatever, he'd maybe go to a Red Shield or a Salvation Army or something. Those days, not like today. God's been good to us. But it wasn't always like it is today. Used, buying used clothes, and I think pastor times when he buys shoes in some of them places, and he takes the shoes home, as I understand, and you pour a, bottle, a whole bottle of alcohol maybe in that shoe. Uh, sanitize him. But God blessed. God blessed. But let's go on. And my wife and I, we lived in South Broadway, in the 4,500 block or so. Paid around $40 a month, but a nice apartment, such like. During this time, pastor still at Crondelet now, Pastor Davis. And sometime thereafter, Brother Barnes made his way to the Philippines, whatever. But during this time, Pastor Davis at Crondelet, we acquired 2170 Forest Avenue. I think it was what you'd call a Masonic Lodge or such like for a Bible school. The real estate agent, who I suppose is probably not even living today, his name was Mr. Rayford. I think it was Herman Rayford. 
And God gave favor to Pastor Davis in this man's eyes. And he, had, he gained confidence in Pastor. And it kind of got where this real estate agent, if, if Pastor said it, if, pa if Pastor and God, we, we can buy. I mean, he, God really gave favor. God's that way. God touches hearts. So we got this building, Forest Avenue. It's not even a city now. The one last time I went by, and it, they, it's already demolished. What they're doing other stuff there. But we'd work on the building. Nighttime, Pastor Davis, my wife would be with herself. Very few, there, no doubt there was us, but it wasn't like a group of 10, 20 people. No, no. Work on the building. And then we, we drive home. I suppose Pastor drove, I drove, I don't remember, maybe uh, the Ford van, church van, whatever. Three, four, five o'clock in the morning, coming home from Forest Avenue, River Deep Pier, coming home to this area. Get some sleep. And the church schedule still, still went on. Crondelet, probably ladies' Bible study, prayer meeting, various things. During this time, listen carefully. Why don't you just stand and raise your hands, thank God for his goodness. Give you a chance to stretch. I'll drink some water. Just thank God how faithful he is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We know you're with us. We know you're with the organization, the Bible Seminary. These preachers, these pastors, we thank you, God, for your faithfulness. As we think of where it all started, Father. God bless you. You may be seated, please. So during this time, the organization started. New at that time, it was New Testament Church of God, New Testament Church of God Incorporated. We went with Pastor out to Clayton to see a lawyer. I think it was a Jewish man, a Jew, to see a lawyer reference starting the paperwork for the organization. Now, starting the organization was not in the initial plans. Pastor Davis, thought, his thoughts were out of the Bible school supply preachers to the organization he was in. The organization he was in. But it became apparent that would not work. Brother Perez, Leonard Perez, we're glad you're here. It became apparent that would not work. E.T. Kelly, we're staying at a Hampton Inn in, in Valley Park, Missouri right now. And E.T. Kelly, he was in, in that group, that organization. And he was like an overseer, state overseer, whatever. But he, had, he told Pastor Davis, I, I may not have the exact words, but he told him so many words. You, you, you have never fought the devil until you try to start a Bible school. And I'm going to be sharing some things today that would, you may think are unbelievable. 
but God tells things like that in, in the Bible, so God's poor witness, and we're getting to it. But he said, you've never fought the devil until you try to start a Bible school. But so it became apparent we needed, he, there needed to be an organization for the preachers to go into, to have preaching places and so on. Okay, now. Now, in December of 1971, my wife and I went to the mission field to Philippines. Tenerated, independent churches mostly, because the only two works here was Forest Avenue and Tilcom. That was, only, that was the only works, I would say, at that time. And so my wife and I, in December 1971, went to the mission field of the Philippines. Pastor got a, through World Missions, a Volkswagen. We traveled in a Volkswagen. But anyway, so, at some point, while we're in the Philippines, so we went there in December of 71, at some point, and all that is other stories. There's no time for none of that. Uh, it's already, I appreciate your patience. But God knows. Let God talk to you. Let God touch your heart. At some point, while we were in the Philippines, a message came from Pastor Davis. Now, this was not back in cell phone days and stuff. I don't know how it came. Red Cross, Western Union, whatever. But a message came for me to call Pastor Davis in the States. So I went, we were at that time in the Lagan Isabella, where we had gone to, which was a stronghold for the NPA, the New People's Army Communists. But that's where we felt, eventually we went to that area. And I would say in a telephone office, probably in the Lagan Isabella, I got in touch with Pastor Davis. And he began telling about things, whatever, all, I don't remember all the conversation, but the devil, the devil was mounting a very severe attack against the work of God here in St. Louis. Because you see, the devil didn't want what's happening today around the world. The devil didn't want all these things to take place. The devil didn't want that beautiful church in Memphis to take place and that beautiful church in Chicago Heights to take place and on and on. And Holly Hills was still future at that time. He didn't want all these things. So the devil was fighting. And so I told him, I told Pastor Davis over the phone, because I'd had a, a vision or a dream, whatever it was, a vision or a dream. And in this vision, this dream, the Lord showed me. And what he showed me, it, it, was, the, it was the general overseer of our organization. I'm not going to share names. But it was the general overseer of our organization, New Testament Church of God. And God showed me in this vision, this dream, whatever it was, showed me him standing against, like his hand standing against, opposing pastor. And why would God show that to me? He's the general overseer. I'm just a young preacher in a mission field. But, you know, God knows. God knows. God will talk to who he wants to. And God knows the hearts of men. So you walk humbly and God will... Have his way. So I told him. So then his words were his words were pretty much like, "Well, God's already showed you. God's already showed you." And I, I don't think at that time, but also God showed me not only that, 
but he showed me about taking pastors close to him from a cleaners. And I think I did tell him about that later at some time, maybe when he got back. I don't think I told him over the phone, I don't remember. Because, and he would tell it at times. And that, lest I not get back to it, that did take place when we got back, we had a cleaners. And I did take close to Pastor Davis from that cleaners. It came to pass. Also, God showed me, and I don't think I ever told Pastor this, maybe, I don't remember, but God showed me about finances and Bible school, and that came to pass. And we, God put us in taking care of the finances, and then he went to work on buildings and crawl around old buildings to make things, to pioneer a Bible school, to pioneer the work of God. I wouldn't want to be in the shoes of people that have fought him. He's gone to heaven, some people still fight him. There's a judgment day coming. But so, so then things, things, of course, they expedited to get back to the States. They exp expedited. For there is a God in heaven. So, prior to our part, prior to our, now, so we're going to be coming back, but now, now let me step back for a bit in time frame. So prior to our departure to the Philippines, Work had already started in getting building a new church. Now they're at Crondelet, but work had already started building a new church on Marceau. You go up Broadway, turn right on Marceau, you go Marceau down towards River de Pere, but when you're on top of the hill, look up that big church up on the hill on Marceau. That's the church they moved to. The devil stole it later and someone else is in it. But anyway, work was already underway to to build a new church or plans. I forget how far along it was. And I even worked in a parsonage some, cleaning bricks and that before going to the Philippines. So that was already underway. And while we were in the Philippines, my wife and I, they moved into the new church and the new parsonage. And Sister Limpert, I, I believe, was promoted to heaven while we were in the Philippines. Lena Limpert building in, in Washington. And she taught in the Bible school in St. Louis, church history. I think she taught me some. But anyway, she got promoted while we were in the Philippines. Okay, so now, we're coming back from the Philippines. I've spoke to Pastor Davis. I got down here, 2.52 a.m., 2.18.22. That was this morning, Spirit of God, okay? Spirit of God. So we're coming back. So now we're back in the States. I think we came back in February of 73, I believe. So now we're back in the States from the mission field. But while we were still in the Philippines, things were taking place on the home front. Things were already underfoot. Not good things, the devil fighting. That's why Pastor had called me. It, it, he really called, I would say, for help. Come home, we need help, what have you. Not that he said those words, but anyway. Now this really took place, so are you ready now? And, and I, I, may, I could have questions, should I share these things? But these are things you'll never hear from anybody else to a great extent. And in the Bible it tells about them trying to kill Paul, him being let down over the wall in, the, in a basket or something, and about them stoning him. And it, it tells about people being, uh, what, sawed asunder, thrown to wild beasts. That's in, in the Bible, so I mean, I think we're on target, all right? And it'll help us to appreciate. So this part took place while we were still in the Philippines, evidently. Pastor Davis was teaching 
at the Bible school in Forest Avenue. And a phone call came in the back of the building. And everything, somebody else answered and got past him. The pastor took the call. And, and when he returned from that call, and the sister Rodriguez, who was with us, she was in the class. This, I wasn't here. We were still in the Philippines, as I understand. But pastor returned from that phone call with a very serious look on his face. He instructed the students, I want all of you, every one of you, leave building immediately. Go to your dorm, stay there. It was a very serious. Don't talk, leave. And Reverend Samantha at the time was a student, senior Reverend Samantha. He was a student and he was by the front door and he heard, as he's going out or as he was out, he heard a gunshot. And, and this person directed pastor at gunpoint to get in the car and drive. Unless I not get back to it, this was a minister in our organization. At that time, New Testament Church of God, he was like, over when they got up on a hill, he was like a youth pastor, or whatever, a youth leader, or whatever, and I think he was the secretary of our organization. Can you believe the devil's real, but God's real? This did not all come easy. So they drove, and Brother Samantha got another student who's no longer with, but, uh, and, and they followed in a car. And evidently, when Pastor got on 55, maybe, maybe somewhere on Anaheim or Bush, but on 55, and somewhere, Pastor pulled off to the side of the freeway, Pastor Davis. In so many words, told that person, evidently the man was in the backseat with the, the rifle, okay, use the gun or give it to me. Use the gun give it to me. Well, thank God he didn't use it and Pastor got the gun, however, got out of the car and carried it back to the ones that were following. Brother Cemento student and others gave it to them. Then Pastor took him, this man that had took him at gunpoint, took him to the new church on a hill. They were on the church on the hill now. Took him to that church, took him to the altar and prayed with him. That's all good. But still, and this is a lesson, preachers. Still later, that man would still be involved in a very bad opposition to pastor down the road. But so evidently, for a while, so when people pray, it doesn't always last. It's not always real, whatever. So, Pick up where I was leaving off. Okay, I've already covered that. So that was some update on what was going on while we were still in the Philippines, I would say. All right. Now, now picking up where we left off. Now we're back, we're back in St. Louis. Now we've returned. So there's already been things going on against the work of God, attacks. But now we're back in St. Louis. And there's not time for everything 
but I want to share just two or three things or whatever. The attack against God, God's servant still going on. Things I was pressing for here in the States. There was a camp meeting, a conference, whatever, somewhere in southern Missouri, I would say. I don't know quite where, somewhere in southern Missouri. And Pastor Davis returned to St. Louis for like a midweek service. And I went with him. And in that service, he's preaching. I think he was walking up and down the aisle, whatever. But he was preaching. This was, we were back for this service. Then we'd be going back to the, this camp meeting somewhere in southern Missouri. And he's preaching. And he, he said words like, you said you will get rid of the old man. And that's pretty eye-opening, sobering words to hear from the man of God. But he said that and whatever. So we returned to this camp meeting, Pastor and I, and Reverend Gaylord was fit to be tied. He was fit to be tied. There was someone preaching. You can see this, the general overseer, the one that God showed me, so he's still in the mix here, but things are, things are deteriorating. Things are getting worse and worse. And he was, had these preachers and to bringing in worldliness. Well, well, they're, they're good people. We can, they're good people. You know, you, you, you can't be worldly. All right. So, pastor. So there's evidently someone preaching over the tabernacle. Brother Gaylord updated Pastor Davis. Pastor Davis went over to the tabernacle and there was a man at the pulpit preaching, teaching, whatever he's doing. Pastor came up behind him, pulled his coattail or whatever, you're done. And the man says, no, no, I'm not done yet. Pastor, you're done. Words like, you're done. And Pastor took over that camp meeting because they're meeting with ministers for license and stuff and we was there with them and probably this general overseer would have been the one pastor took over and we met with them they got licensed and that and the work of God went on so now you know now you know and during that conference Reverend Johnson preached a message about that that conference that camp meeting he preached a message about the king of the king of Babylon standing at the parting of the ways see there's decisions anyway now, of course, when you confront the devil face to face like that, you know he doesn't like it. You know things are not going to get better. God gets better. God doesn't get better, but we, we learn better. So that was one thing. And then another event during this time. The parsonage in Marceau was in the parsonage, the one I worked on some, just cleaning bricks and stuff before going to the mission field. But now Pastor and Sister Davis are living there with Tanya. Up on the hill, Marceau, the new church, nice church. Unbelievable things. I don't know if Tanya was in school or if she was at home in the house. But we were in the house, and they were outside, like a, a deacon, I won't say his name, he's... he's, he's, he's died. I think he died of cancer or whatever. I'm not sure, but I got his obituary. Came, I saw it one time in the St. Louis paper. And I think this, this one that 
took Pastor Gunfight, I think he was out there, and it was outside of the house, hollering, screaming at Pastor. I think he was there, his brother, and that person, that deacon, I think he was out there. I don't know how many else, how many others out there screaming, hollering. These are unbelievable things, aren't they? But it took place. And we're in the house, and I'm still a young preacher. I'm back from the mission field, but I'm still a young preacher. And we're walking through the parts, and calling out to God, crying out to God. Very high, high, intense time. Not knowing what's going to unfold. Well, anyway, anyway, pastor did not respond. Pastor did not, pastor like, Pastor Davis liked Jesus. He did not fight it. Lest innocent souls be destroyed. Lest innocent people be destroyed. So he, I don't know if it was that day, the next day, or a few days later, but he, he, he went, he left town. I think he went, he took, he had some guns, he took some guns to his brother, Dave, tried to sell some guns. I mean, the devil's attacking, he just sells some, gets some money to, to exist for a while. And he traveled, I think he went up towards Terry Hood, Indiana, that area, that way. But he was gone for a while. He left town rather than fight and get, let innocent people get hurt. So now he's gone. And so we're still here. The students, thank God for Bible school students. We're here in St. Louis. Pastor's gone. He's out of town. The devil's fighting. So this church on the hill and this general overseer, now he's preaching. We, we continue to attend there, not very long probably, but he, he would, when he preached, he would say, in some of his preaching, he'd say, Moses is dead. We knew Moses wasn't dead. He was referring to Pastor Davis. But the Bible school students knew, Brother Crane, Moses wasn't dead. You know, Bible school students have the Holy Ghost. God's preachers, God's true preachers have the Holy Ghost. So we went ahead and and so the way it was, I was kind of the one looking after them. I kind of, I've thought about the scripture about David and the, the cave that came to him. But God helped us during that time. God helped us during that time. So then, there came a call at the Bible school from pastor. Sister Becky Rodriguez answered the call. No, pastor's out of town. And pastor asked what was going on. And, you know, he may have thought, but the students are all gone. The devil's fought. The devil's attacked work of God. The students are gone. But he called back. And he was evidently kind of surprised and no doubt rejoiced, happy. As Sister Rodriguez told him, who was, who was no, they're all, we're all here. There was only two that left. There was only two, two left. But the students were all there. And then he wanted to talk to me, and they evidently got me, and I talked to him. I don't remember the conversation, but we talked to him, so on. So, then, so pastor, pastor told about it some, 
And so God appeared to him, whether an angel, he probably, Pastor telling it, he didn't tell these things a lot, but it probably was the Lord himself appeared to him. However, he told, I don't know for sure, but the, the, the room lit up, that hotel room. I think he was on the way out, freeway up to Tarihote, Indiana. But God appeared to him and told him to go back. Go back. There, there were some students waiting for him. He was waiting for him. So he came back. He came back. We stood with God. We stood with God's servant. And God's brought good out of it. God bless pastor. God bless the Bible school. God bless the work of God. God blessed. God moved. Many started, but many, many of them did not finish. Many started, but a much smaller number finished. That's all right. God answered prayer. The Bible school, the first graduation was 1975. Reverend Johnson was in that first graduation, 1975. Fishers of Men, I believe, Fishers of Men. Sister Olson was in that graduation. There's only about seven or eight. Well, if that's the first one, were you in that one? No, no. No, actually, I really never did graduate from New Testament Christian College. Pastor Davis really never did graduate from from New Testament. We, we just, maybe we'll get our diplomas in heaven. Well, why was that? Well, it's kind of like we were, we were there in the beginning, okay? We're not from the eternal past, but we were in the beginning of the, of the school, so we were just there when it all started, okay? The early days, glorious days, miracle days, victory days, ending of the service, Forest Avenue, over there, and they would stand by the piano, sing, sing, and rejoice, and sing, and go on how long. There was good days. God was good. Finances weren't the, the largest, but God was large. God was big. God was good. Then, the time came for the move to, guess where, Holly Hills. August 15th, August 15, 1983. God used a sinner man by the name of Mr. Lewis Ricketts. He was a realtor, a real estate man, such like God used him. God gave Pastor Davis favor in his eyes, and then God used him, and God was able to, through Mr. Ricketts, share things to help Pastor and all these things for the work of God as far as buildings and, and real estate matters and such like. And we acquired... One, one, two, three, Holly Hills. I do not remember, and I didn't search out any records and check how much we paid. Uh, I would think probably 175,000 maybe. Could have been 125,000. I don't, you know, that's a long time ago. That's, that was, and now it's worth however much, whatever it's worth, a million, two million, three million. I don't know what it's worth now. But, and probably Mr. Ricketts, I, I would tend to think he probably loaned the organization, the church, school, whatever, the down payment maybe. So we probably, then we probably had a payment to him. And, I, and then I would go up the road here to one of these apartment buildings, right, right near a church here, 
to because it was Christian Science Church and to the lady, Elsie, or whatever her name was, and take her the payments. We probably had two payments for a period of time because it's all paid off, been paid off for years, whatever. So the day of moving in, August 15th, and Pastor and I went somewhere on that day, August 15, 1983, we went somewhere out in Crestwood, Brother David Shire, uh watching or whatever, reference final closing papers, sign whatever, and I don't remember what happened, but there was some obstacle, some problem, and we still, we still had the service that night. We still got to church and everything, but it was something, and I don't remember the details, but I do remember, not the exact words, but so many words Pastor Davis told me. Sometimes the devil tries to steal the joy. Sometimes the devil tries to steal the joy. But we still had church that night. And I don't remember what Pastor preached, and, but we were here. And, and, and the, the deed was done. The deed was done. When God opens the door, the devil nor anyone else can close it. God opened doors to Holly Hills. Door of victory, door of growth, door of answered prayer, door of increased service and outreach. And let me real quick, let me real quick, evidently this is correct. The best I know, the pastors here at Holly Hills, the best I know, Pastor Davis, then when he went to Washington, and we'll get to that in a bit, but when he went, then he made me the pastor. He appointed me pastor. So Pastor Davis, then myself, then I think it was James Ashmore, Richard Blumenthal, Michael Marshall, George Jordan, L.D. Jones, Arlene Bradeen, Keith Gandy. Their first names are here, but I'm saying their first names. Kenneth Curry, what's it, Kenneth Curry? Curry, Tom Wright, David Tiemann, and this last one, Devonshire, Devonshire, they pronounce it different ways. That man, he, he's the current pastor, so that's, that's a number. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Is 13 the lucky number? <laughs> we gotta have some fun. 13 if I counted it right. God's been good. So now, we moved in August 15, 1983. But God sends Pastor Davis to the Northwest to Pioneer Bible School. And as I remember, he, he would talk about other places. He maybe would talk about Texas, maybe Arizona, I don't remember. You know, places for a Bible school to get away from the high utility bills. Just whatever all the reasons. It was all in the plan of God. But in obedience... In love. These are all lessons. These are all lessons, preachers. This beautiful church, the pillars. I mean, this is compared to Forest Avenue. I mean, so it wasn't long. About in 84, 85, whenever it when Pastor Sister Davis and Tanya headed to the Northwest by faith, in obedience, in love for God and souls and the work of God. God's missionary, he was still a missionary, he was still an apostle, still a missionary, packs up with Sister Davis and Tanya and heads to Washington faith by faith in God. 
Now, on a lighter moment, a lighter moment, sometime during that time, and he was just joking, he shared with me, you know, you know I kind of was hoping I could stick around here a while. <laughs> that's understandable. But you know, sometimes that's the way it is. Pastors, you may get a work going, you may get a new church built, and God may move you somewhere else and move someone else. And Well, here I was here, I helped build this church. Well, God knows, it's all for God. So up in Washington, real briefly, it's kind of the rest of the history up in Washington, and you've heard stories how it started, and it, it was basically nothing, but God, faith in God is everything. But of course, he, they first had church in an office building, they built office buildings, and then they had church in Lena Limpert building, then church in a small fellowship hall, then they had church in a small chapel, now currently the chapel up on the hill, then there's been ed educational building and lecture hall, and the rest is history, as they say. But now back, back to where it all started. Aren't you glad for St. Louis? Aren't you glad for where it all started? Let us not forget the beginning days and the beginning years. It's not written down, but unless I forget it, out on Forest Avenue and back in the furnished room. And past, it was a real little room. Pastor had a desk, and this had a desk, and this had barely room to walk around. But the early days, a place to work for God. When finances were low, but God was great, wonderful, exciting, powerful. Days of sacrifice with Reverend Johnson. He was not Reverend Johnson that time. I don't know if he was a minister yet even. Or even had, maybe was a student. I don't remember. But anyway, maybe even before being a student, maybe Crondelet still. But he told Pastor Davis, as I understand, words like something like this. To Brother Johnson to Pastor Davis, talk is cheap, isn't it? And he sold his motorcycle, which is probably a big thing to him back then. He sold his motorcycle. Now it's to help get money probably to buy Forest Avenue. Now, and students sacrifice, people sacrifice, and God brought it to pass. Students made pledges, days when God and God's work were more important than personal finances and possessions. And God honored the sacrifices of his people, his ministers, his students, his children. God was more important than anything else. I hesitate to share this. And we're not the only two. And I don't have this written down. I won't take long. But my, my wife would tell different times. I heard her say it. We'll be out traveling. She's talking to the ladies or talking to a couple. And we are what we are by the grace of God. And God's got, we got precious workers. Some of the greatest people that ever walked in shoe leather here today. Please understand. But this is what she would tell. She said, <laughs> I only know two people, Pastor and my husband. She was saying, 
It's, it's, it's all work, the work of God. And just nothing to do with the taking vacation. There's nothing to being wise, all those things. But that, she'd tell it. I've heard her more than one time. She'd say, that's all I ever knew. Pastor Davis is my husband. It's working, working for God. That's what matters. It's all God. God was more important than anything else, the work of God. God blessed. God moved. God was real. God answered prayer. The battles were fierce. Do you, can you believe me now? The battles were fierce. And these are only some of them. Those things are taking place since then. We're not even getting to all of them. Time is, time is flee, fleeting. And there's still battles ahead. But the same God who has been with us will be with us. Maybe, I'm not saying God said it. Maybe some of our greatest battles are yet before us. But it's all right. God hasn't changed. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. And I'm not just saying it to, to fill in, but we are truly winning. The battles were fierce, but the victories were sweet. Victory is sweet. The greater the battle, the greater the victory. And we're getting closer to the ending Lord, help us. I didn't know how long it take, but I know we've been long, but it's, we're, it's all in the workable time. Brother Polk's playing, not leaving for some time, yet he may even have time to have some food before he has to change clothes and head to the airport. We appreciate Pastor Polk. I don't, I don't know, but it's not bad. I didn't plan to share it, but, but he, in a text, he's staying in the same hotel we're staying in. In a text, he was thanking me for being able to come. And he said, I needed this. He said, I needed this. Well, we, we all need it. God knows what we need. I appreciate you coming. I appreciate you patiently listening. And I understand these things mean more to some people than others. I understand that. And I'm not being critical. And some can relate more. We understand. But I know some of you can you relate big time. And you'll take it home with you. And I trust it'll stay with you all your life. God has been good to St. Louis. We were born, we are, my wife and I are married here. Our daughter, she'll be coming to play the piano, not right now, but she'll be playing for the altar call. She was born out there on 270, not on the freeway, but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, by, as she traveled there, it was a hospital, Normandy, South, or whatever it was. Then it changed, and now it's maybe a hospital again. As you try to see it off, as you're going, going towards the north, 270, you see it to your left. And the doctor that delivered her, not even alive anymore, I think it's Dr. Wimmer. And uh, I didn't plan to tell this, I got to be brief, but uh, my wife, she's having a baby, and I think. Pastor Davis and I were out at Noah's Ark for some, I think, flying lessons with the Ozark pilot or a frontier pilot, whatever. Because it happened, her water broke, and it happened while we were there, and Sister Davis and Tiny came, and they took her to the hospital and all these things. And, uh, and then the, Regina was born on a Sunday, 
and, and we didn't know it was going to be a boy or a girl. And, and I would say, as I saw my wife, she had the child, I was saying, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. I thank God for girls. No, boys, girls, it doesn't matter. But those, those girls really get in dad's heart. I know that. And you got to say, the sons really get in dad's heart. She's the baby girl. And my granddaughter is the little baby girl. <laughs> and they are very precious. And yours are precious as God blesses you. So, God has been good to St. Louis. And St. Louis has been good to us. St. Louis has been good to us. And you know, in, in some ways, in some ways, St. Louis has been good to God. That may seem strange, but that's true. And it's all the bars and taverns and a lot of brick houses and all these things. And everyone's not a Christian. I know all that. But you know, St. Louis has been good, St. Louis been good to God. We got this building, Good Forest Avenue. So much could be said. So much could be said. God knows why I shared these things. Victory comes at a price. Jesus paid the greatest price. As we're working towards a close just in minutes, are you willing? Pay the price. Thus to come not come not back to me in my mind, and I get distracted as we're closing. No, we don't know how much time we have. We don't know how much time we have, each of us, as an organization. I don't know how much time I have. Now, my wife is a part of my life every day, basically 24-7. And I, do I miss it? Oh, yes. You go places. You we used to go here. Walmart. Bradshaw, we used to go here together. But I don't breathe. I don't breathe a prayer to God asking me to take me home. If he does, that's fine. But see, yes, I miss her. But I don't dare breathe a word. Because if you do, God may just, God may do it. Why? Why? And we, it's all, it's God's call. Well, why? Because I got a daughter to look after, however long God, and a granddaughter and a son-in-law. They got Brother Mears to look after, and Sister Mears, and Brother Hanson, his wife, and Brother Corbett, and Brother Crane. Brother Lloyd, his, his wife, her parents, Taryn, that one that was in a bad accident, she's getting better. On and on and on. Brother Devonshire, Sister Devonshire. So as long as God wants us and gives us strength, we want to be sure. And ongoing, as I, I'm traveling in the airport, I'm traveling home, I'm walking in the house. Ongoing, God help me to be faithful. God help me to be faithful. God help me to be faithful. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to sacrifice? It's harvest time. From crown to left. 
from Forest Avenue to the New Jerusalem, from where it all started to where we're going. We don't know how much time we have. We don't know how much time we have. Regina, feel free to come whenever you're ready. The altar's already open, really. As you begin to come, God is here. As God is calling, the altar's already open. As God is calling, the Savior's calling. <laughs>